Boston. Layup, Boston. One second left. The greatest single season turnaround in NBA history is complete. Banner number 17, soon to be raised to the Raptors. This is the Celtics pregame show with Patrick Gilroy and Jeff Hickman on ESPN New Hampshire. Welcome into another edition of the Celtics pregame show right here, ESPN New Hampshire, ESPNNHradio.com. I'm your host, Patrick Gilroy, here with you for the next hour. Take you guys right up to tip off with Sean Grandy and Cedric Maxwell as it is the Celtics and the New York Knickerbockers coming at you live from the Garden. An important weekend for the Celtics and a weekend where the Celtics remain uh, undermanned. And it's becoming a bit troubling when it comes to Al Horford. We'll get into that. We'll get into the latest on Jay Crowder. They are projecting a possible return date as soon as next Wednesday. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. And if it is true, I don't like it. Uh, I, I think it's far too soon. We've seen the Celtics rush Crowder back before. Look, this team is going to struggle to be a 500 team until they get healthy. Uh, and I hope that they don't rush Crowder back uh, with the hopes of, of keeping this team playing to the standard that everybody expected. They may get there this season, but it may come after a slow start. And I think that's okay at this point. Uh, Look, two-fifths of their starting lineup are down. They've played without uh, Olenek. They've played without Marcus Smart. Uh, That's four very important rotational players for the Celtics. Have been out through the first seven games of the season. Kelly Olenek will uh, play again tonight, his second game back. But again, until this team gets... Al Horford back, gets Jay Crowder back, gets Olenek back for a month where he stays healthy for a month and has confidence in his shoulder, has confidence in his shot. Uh, things are It's going to be up and down, and it's been a lot more down than up as the Celtics are losers of three straight games uh, this week, the last two games in flat-out embarrassing fashion, Jared. Yeah, hi, welcome. How's yeah. it going? <laughs> Good, you know, great. Um, we, uh, uh, we, um, we talked about the other night, Patrick, it's... That one in Denver was bad, and I don't think any of us really expected it to happen again, um, the way this team is. And Isaiah Thomas keeps saying it, you know, they, they don't have the grit right now. They don't have uh, that that tenacity that they had last year that really what made them a good team. Um, it's great that he's even said this. They don't have enough talent to not try hard every night. They're not one of those teams like Golden State or the Cavs where you can come in and not try every night and still win games. This team needs to be going 110% every night. And that's when they're healthy. Right now, like you said, they don't have their health. I don't want them to rush Jay Crowder back. If they do, it's going to make matters worse. Uh, if it's an ankle, and anything, obviously it's an ankle, that makes things worse if you rush those back. Um, same thing with Al Horford. Don't rush a concussion. Just at this point, get healthy and hope they have a hot end of the year like they have uh, they did last year. This team needs to find their identity again. That's working hard. That's playing hard every night. And right now they're not doing that. Okay, so so how do they do that though? Because here's here's what I think is an underlying... get their heads out of their backside. Well, yes, and here's the underlying problem. And I spoke with Jimmy Murphy about it earlier. And I, I love when he has me on to talk hoops because he gets he That's all you know. He, well, he gives me some great comparisons, right? Because he, he reaches from the depths of what he knows well, and he compared. The hype surrounding the Patriots in 2002 following the Super Bowl. And that team missed the playoffs following their Super Bowl win in 2001. And it was roughly the same cast of characters, same group of players. But that's a team that bought into the hype and didn't play with that same intensity that they played with the year before. It was that intensity and that willingness to play harder than their opponent that made them successful. That's what made this Celtics team successful the last two years. The 40-win addition, the 48-win addition. That's what was so special about this team, and we talked about this on Wednesday. 
that's why the city fell in love with the 26-win edition of the Celtics hmm. team. The team sucked. They were a bad basketball team. But the city of Boston loved them. They banged out the garden for them. That's when the Brad Stevens hype train really started coming around. And it's because he got a scrappy group of underappreciated, below-average basketball players to play hard for a full 48 for the full 82. And that's what this team is missing. That's what they're not doing. Look, yes, injuries suck. And the Celtics are dealing with some major injuries right now. Yep. There's, there's no escaping that. But Avery Bradley's healthy. He came into this season as an all-defensive player. Uh, I believe he finished third last year for for uh, Defensive Player of the Year. One of his stated goals was to be the Defensive Player of the Year. And the Celtics are the worst team in the league at defending the perimeter three. That falls on Avery Bradley and Isaiah Thomas. They're healthy. So what's the problem, guys? I, I think it's a matter of I think there's distractions. I think I think that they are bought into what they did last year. Isaiah Thomas has never been a good defender, really. You know that he's never been that guy who's going to stop everybody. Avery Bradley has not played well defensively. If you watch him, yes, he's done well, but nothing to his standards, and that kind of trickles down to this team. If your best defender, on-ball defender, is not playing well and is not bringing that great each and every night like he usually does, it trickles down. If Isaiah Thomas isn't playing 110 percent every night. He's, it's going to trickle down. People follow them. It's the way it is. And because, because Al Horford's not on the floor right now providing that leadership, it goes to those two. And right now it's not working. Well, you brought up Isaiah Thomas. I want to get into Isaiah and his comments following the Celtics' uh, loss on Wednesday to the hands of the Washington Wizards down there in D.C. Another just absolute blowout where the Celtics didn't show up to start the game. Look, did they play hard in the second half? Sure. Was it enough? Not even close. It is the Celtics pregame show right here on ESPN Radio, New Hampshire. You stream it live at ESPNNHradio.com. It's Patrick Gilroy with Jared Scaly behind the glass taking your phone calls at 603-883-9900. 603-883-9900. That is the number to join us here on the Celtics pregame radio program. You brought up Isaiah Thomas following the game on Wednesday. Uh, he may have made some excuses, and some of them pretty legitimate, one of them sort of echoing our worst fears. He said, look, yes, Crowder down hurts. He's a very important player, both offensively and defensively. But then he mentioned the name Evan Turner, and for the first time this season, uh, since the regular season began, Evan Turner was brought up as an excuse and as a crutch. But IT's point was last year when Crowder went down, when other wing players went down, they could rely on Evan Turner. And the wing position is just so vital in the NBA to have a, a steady performer like an Evan Turner, somebody that they could lean on, be it to close out a close game in the fourth quarter, or be it to play 38 minutes due to injury. Evan Turner had been there, and he had stepped up in those situations. And this year, they're leaning on a, a just-turned-20-year-old rookie. And although Jalen Brown has had his moments, um, he, you can't expect to lean on him to give you that veteran leadership, that veteran calming presence that an Evan Turner gave you. And I think now with, uh, with Crowder being down so early to start the season, it's really highlighting that loss of Evan Turner. The Celtics hope to hide that loss because Crowder was expected to be healthy this season. Yeah. And instead of hiding mm-hmm. that loss, it, it's been highlighted. Oh, big time. Um, Evan Turner, look, isn't the best basketball player in the world, but it's the intangibles that he brought to that team is, is half the reason why he got paid a boatload out in Portland. Um, hasn't played well for them either. Um, and has been, and it wasn't been healthy, but 
look, poor Evan Turner, you are missing him right now because I think um, Isaiah Thomas hit on the head where he said um, when you put the note out there that you were missing him. He's a guy who brings that grit. He brings that uh, intangible of just calmness that you know he's going to get the job done for you. He's going to play with tenacity. If, if your team is down, if, if last year, for example, there were a lot of times where the Celtics started to get down, who'd they put in? It was Evan Turner. Hands down, it was Evan Turner to bring this team back up, to get him going. Uh, that's what Jay Crowder's role was supposed to be this year, and, and still can be, obviously, if he comes back and if he's healthy once the ankle heals. But that's what they banked on Evan Turner for last year. He he embraced that role, Pat. He he went into that role and lived that up, and he knew that was who he belonged to this team, and that's what got him paid, well, living in that moment. And you know what? I give Evan Turner a lot of credit because I think last year represented for the first time in his career, he accepted the fact that he was never going to be able to live up to the hype of being the number 2 pick in the draft. I think that really screwed with him through his first few years in the NBA. Uh, you know, you come out, you play for a terrible Sixers team, you put up close to 20 points a game. Again, you fall victim to buying into your own hype, much like these Celtics do. I think Evan Turner was guilty of that. It took him two years. It took him two years and three different teams to finally realize what he was and what he had to do to be successful in the NBA. I hope this edition of the Celtics doesn't take two years to get things right, because <laughs> if it does, we're not going to see Isaiah Thomas here. We're not going to see Avery Bradley here. Jay Crowder, probably gone. If this team doesn't get things right, when these sweetheart deals start coming up, Danny Ainge is not going to overspend to keep these guys here. And I don't know if you've seen the pictures online or if you've been to South Station, but have you seen just the absolute love-in that they've posted at South, South Station for Isaiah Thomas? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really cool, right? It's great yeah. to look at. Pick me last again. I get it. But, dude, Isaiah, the reason why Nike is doing that, the reason why you are being supported nationally the way that you are, is be- not just because you put up 24 points a night. It was because you lifted the Celtics from the depths of being a terrible basketball team to being considered one of the five or six best teams in the NBA this and it, year. He was fun, and he, was, he put a team on his back. Absolutely. Now, I want to give you guys a quick memory lesson here because as we started the show, we've talked a lot about the Celtics not playing to the level that they're supposed to play at, and there's some really troubling statistics. Uh, last year, the Celtics only trailed by 20 points eight times the entire season. They've done it three times through seven games this, this, this season. Just not good. But I will give you some stats that sort of make you realize that things can get better pretty quickly here. Every year under Brad Stevens, the Celtics have started 3-4, and four, including last year and the year before. Last year, the Celtics finished with 48 wins. The year before that, the Celtics finished with 40 wins. Brad Stevens' teams have historically been slow-starting teams. Last year, the Celtics were 14-14 through their first 28 games, with lots of ups and downs through those first 28 games of the season. Uh, The first third of the season, historically, for Brad Stevens' teams has been very much a learning curve uh, for the Celtics. I think what led to the higher expectations in the win column this year were the fact that, yes, you did bring in a guy in Al Horford who's going to help. But more importantly, you had Evan, you had Isaiah Thomas, you had Jay Crowder, you had Avery Bradley, you had the core guys here for multiple years. There wasn't supposed to be much of a learning curve this year. They should have hit the ground running. And that's not happening for this edition of the Boston Celtics. So fans have been let down. The Celtics are let down. A good way to recover from all that would be kicking some ass at home tonight uh, and getting back to 500, riding the ship, biding some time so the Celtics can get healthy, get right, and get their guys back. Chris Stapp's in your way, though. Chris Stapp, Porzingis. You know? hey, look, this, this Knicks team, I don't know what to make of them, but they do have 
exciting talent on that team. It's the first the Celtics Crippled fans. talent, but yes. Yeah, the Celtics fans will get their first look at Derrick Rose in a New York uniform tonight. He didn't play in the preseason game. He was still dealing with the rape trial. Yeah. Uh, so if we think things have been a difficult start here in Boston, at least our guys aren't on trial for rape. That's true. You know, and that's positive, <laughs> that's right? That's a big positive. We're trying to pull Check them- one up for Brad Stevens. There, <laughs> there it is. So it is the Celtics pregame show. It is ESPN Radio, New Hampshire. I am Patrick Gilroy. He is Jared Scaly. The number to join us here, 603-883-9900, 603-883-9900. We'll be with you guys till 7 o'clock tonight as it's the Celtics and the Knicks coming up live on ESPN Radio, New Hampshire, live from the Garden uh, in a little over an hour with Sean Grandy and Cedric Maxwell. We talked a lot about what's wrong with this team. Now, Brad Stevens, uh, just yesterday at practice, came out and he said, look, the starting lineup isn't working. I may make some changes. Um, The question is, when he reaches into that bench to make some changes to that starting lineup, if he decides to go that way. He needs to go that way. Okay. What's left? What's there? (laughs) Who who do you play? Are you starting Jordan Mickey in hopes of turning this around? Are you starting Demetrius freaking Jackson? No. Okay, the Celtics were lauded for having incredible depth going into the season. And it's amazing what a few injuries will do to that depth. depth is starting, so. Right, exactly, (laughs) right? So when when Brad Stevens talks about, uh, don't panic, guys, we're going to make some changes, get this thing right, what changes? Like, what are you going to do? Maybe. I would start Jordan Mickey. Okay, instead of Tyler Zeller? Yes. Okay, that's not a bad start. That's my change. Jordan Mickey's six foot seven, but sure, let him play center. Screw it. Why not? I, th- look, things, he'll probably play a little harder than Tyler. Zeller things will. can't get much worse right now, and that's you know Zeller's frustrating because if you don't watch the games and you just look at the stat line, looks okay. Looks okay. He's a good fancy player. Kind he, of consistent. Yeah, he's going to give you if you give him twenty five minutes, he's going to give you ten points, yep. six rebounds, Couple rebounds. But the rebounds are useless, and the points the points are are useless because he gives up twice as much. On the defensive end, as he scores on the cherry, offensive basically end. cherry picks on defense. He, he like, doesn't move. No, he just decides. Okay, you're gonna, you, I'm gonna get the ball back. Cool, go ahead, just put it in the hoop. That's it. That's what I would tell he plays defense. That's it. So I don't know what the Celtics can do as far as making uh, tactical changes to, to turn this thing around. Isaiah Thomas is scoring the basketball. He's not going to give you any more any more points than he's giving you. He's averaging over 24 points a game to start the season. Uh, he's been their lone consistent offensive player. Look, without Crowder, without Horford, we saw this in the playoffs. There isn't much left to lean on offensively on this team. No. Um, Avery Bradley's becoming consistent. Yep. Um, his jump shot's obviously been great, but I think he's in that situation like Paul Pierce was all those years. He focuses so much on the defensive side of the ball because that's where he needs to be um, that his offensive game had struggled. And you, you kind of saw... Um, the opposite of that when Pierce was here it was he had to focus so much in the offensive game that his defensive game struggled. And that and then once the big three came together, he was able to open himself up a little bit more. Avery Bradley needs help defensively. I think that's where it needs to start. Jay Crowder is part of that help. I don't think Al Horford really is part of that help. He's kind of okay at the rim, but he's not that guy. No, but what he does, what, better than people give him credit for defensively, is he, he's a very intelligent player. He knows where everybody needs to be. And he's not afraid of pushing a play like like KG used to. He uh, he used to take Rondo and push him and get him in the right position. Th- that's what if you watch tape of Horford, that's what he did in Atlanta. He's not going to be a guy that blocks four or five shots a night. He's not going to be a big intimidator at the rim. Floor general. He's a floor exactly right. Yep. He's a floor general, and the Celtics don't have that guy, especially on the front court right now. Look who's playing in their front. It's a joke. Tyler Zeller. A, Tyler Zeller. <laughs> probably uh, the the top the worst defensive big man in the NBA. Not a floor general. Not a floor general. No. Jordan Mickey. 
Not a floor general. Barely literate. I would start him, but not a floor general. But he's barely literate. How yes. is he going to get these guys to go where they're supposed to... Uh, does he understand all the concepts? Go left. No, I mean right. No left. I don't know. You know what I mean? So the yeah. Celtics do have some some problems. Now, look, small ball can only get you so far, and I think that the Celtics have learned that through their first seven games. You want to come back in a game? Sure, play small ball. But you can't win playing small ball for 48 minutes a night. You're eventually going to need to get a few rebounds and, and stop somebody if you want to get a win. The Celtics are getting out-rebound at a historic clip right now. If anyone watched the Wizards game last night, a guy named Porter might ring a bell. Yeah, Otto Porter. Otto Porter, man, was ridiculous on the boards on Wednesday. But he was ridiculous scoring the basketball at the career high, 34 points. No one touched him, though. No one boxed him out. So what do you do do about it? What do you do? You don't have anybody tonight that you didn't have against the Nuggets or against the Wizards. It's exactly the same team that you're rolling out there. So is this strictly a mindset? Do you think a change in mindset is going to get this team back to 500 and feeling better about themselves? I think so. I mean, obviously you blame injuries. You always do. It's it's the easy out. But the mindset's not there. You can see it's not there. If you watch these games at all, it's they're going through the motions. Tyler Zeller's out playing defense. There's no one there to really lead this team. Um, And this has been my biggest fault on Isaiah Thomas. This has been my biggest negative on him. Can't lead a team. How, what, what, is, what can he do differently? How, how can he lead this team differently? If he He's, was leading this team correctly, they would mindset, they would be playing harder. They would be playing 110%. He said it a million times. Okay, yeah, we got to play 110%. Was Paul Pierce a good leader? Was Paul Pierce a good leader? Yeah, and his team's played hard. Really? You, you want to go back and revisit some, some of Paul, Pierce's, like six, some of Paul okay. Pierce's finest teams? Let's go back and talk about what Paul years, Pierce. Okay, hold on. What year is we going back to? Because I was like six or seven for some of these. So I mean, let's go all the way back. This isn't let's, fair let's, at this point. To, okay, but a, it's fair for me because <laughs> I'm an old guy. It's not fair. Paul Pierce. Stop using your age. Paul Pierce was, first of all, he was such a good leader that the Celtics put Antoine Walker with the captain over Paul Pierce, okay? They were both equally as great offensively. And I'll tell you this. In the, I loved Antoine Walker. So did I. But... Well, but look, there is not one single general manager in the NBA right now, knowing what they know now, that would select Antoine Walker over <laughs> Paul Pierce. Okay, One guy blew all his money, disappointing finish to his NBA career, blew all that talent. Antoine, the other guy, Antoine we love you, though. The other guy is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay, so Still love you. So let's be serious about this. Paul Pierce, when he was leading the Celtics to 26 win seasons uh, in the early 2000s, before, uh, before Jim O'Brien and after Jim O'Brien, okay? So, no, no. Look, yes, he was a decent leader, but you can only lead what you have. Isaiah Thomas is doing everything right out there. He's, uh, he's putting the Celtics on his back offensively. What else can he do? He's, he's not getting all of his points because he's falling in love with a jump shot. He attacks the rim. He gets to the free throw line. Without him getting to the line, the Celtics would be completely anemic at the line. And by the way, when other guys get to the line, they were... Th- and anybody not named Isaiah Thomas on Wednesday night was a combined 3-4-12 from the free throw line. This team is not doing anything well with the exception of Isaiah Thomas. And we have to go to break, but... No, th- I don't want to pick apart their best player. Don't go to break. You're picking on the no. wrong guy. Does... Does him getting to the line, though, only translate to his size? I hate going to the size argument, but I'm going to do it for two seconds because if he was bigger, some of the calls that he gets, he wouldn't get. And you see that in the playoffs because they let it go. Some of these calls that he gets because of the size thing, and it bugs the crap out of me because I do support Isaiah Thomas. Do you really? Whole. I do. There's <laughs> nothing this man can do to satisfy you, Jared. It is the and there's nothing Marcus Smart can do to please you. So. No, because he's not good. It is the Celtics pregame <laughs> show. It is ESPN Radio New Hampshire. I am Patrick Gilroy, fan and supporter of Isaiah Thomas. That is Jared Skelly. He says trade his ass out of town. The number to join us here, 603-883-9900, 603-883-9900. When we come back, I will give you – 
A quick injury update. When can the Celtics fans expect to see Al Horford and Jay Crowder return to the court? You're listening to Manchester's home of the Boston Celtics. It's ESPN New Hampshire. Christian and King. One game? Yeah, one game was ridiculous. One? It was ridiculous. You got ripped when you gave Ray Rice two. two. You're going to give this guy one? Yeah, no, it's just... And What's this guy, wrong with you? Yeah, this guy's really bad. Josh Brown's ex-wife told police of over 20 physically violent yes. instances. Police were called on multiple occasions to the Browns residents in Washington State, St. Louis, and New Jersey over the years. Jeez, three states, come on. Weekdays, noon to three, on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. And streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. Heads or tails, kick or receive, with the wind or against the wind. Buy your friend a Bud Light. Buy a stranger a Bud Light. Go to your team's bar. Go to the opposing team's bar. Buy around during the next truck commercial. Buy around during the next talking duck commercial. If you're truly up for whatever this weekend, grab the perfect beer for whatever happens. Crisp, refreshing Bud Light. Make two plans and let the NFL coin toss make the call. Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. Talking boxing with Billy C. Every Saturday morning from 4 to 6. Here's my thoughts to WBC, who likes to parade around and act like they are the sport of boxing. They like to, to promote their belt as the belt to have. And for the most part, a lot of fighters follow that thought process. I think Canelo Alvarez would be in a position to really put some egg on the face of the WBC. On the home for boxing fans, ESPN New Hampshire. Which is worse, a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com. Hi, my name is Jen Kaluti. My husband Sal and I are the owners of Embroidered Me in Nashua and Embroidered Me of Bedford in New Hampshire. We help companies and organizations promote themselves through embroidered apparel, screen printed shirts, promotional products, personalized gifts, and much more. I invite you to come visit our showrooms, conveniently located at 345 Amherst Street in Nashua, and our Bedford showroom at 410 South River Road. You can also visit our websites at embroideredme-nashua.com or embroideredme-bedford.com. My team and I look forward to helping you promote your business. Embroidered Me, your promotional marketing partner. Do you have a flooring project in mind? Then let the experts at Divine Flooring partner with you to get the job done. Divine Flooring is committed to providing their customers with the best advice and products at the best prices. From carpet to hardwood to tile and stone, Divine Flooring will help you obtain a beautiful new floor that will last a lifetime. Plus, they have a huge selection of area rugs in stock at all times. Come experience the Divine difference. You'll be floored. Located right on Route 101 in Wilton. Call 603-654-5400 or visit divineflooring.com. Paralyzed Veterans of America, National Service Officers. We've got an entire generation of men and women who have seen war, 
They're going to need voices. They're going to need advocates. Paralyzed Veterans of America is here to help. We're going to make sure that the Veterans Affairs gives them everything that they're entitled to. Get all the health care they need. Making a person's house adaptable for them to go back home and live. Education benefits. And we also focus on getting them a job. And if something happens to the veteran, then, you know, we're the spouse's advocate. We help our veterans for free. The way that Paralyzed Veterans of America does that is through their national service officers that are located throughout the United States. Our work is important because people depend on us. And they know when they come to Paralyzed Veterans of America, they're going to get the right answer and they know that we are there for them 24-7, because we are. Changing lives, building futures. That's Paralyzed Veterans of America. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Interested in pursuing a career in radio or television? Visit najb.org, the online home of the New Hampshire Association of Broadcasters. Visit our online job bank at najb.org to view current job openings and even post your resume for potential employers. Students, visit najb.org to apply for the NHAB Student Broadcaster Scholarship and learn about available internships. najb.org, the online source of Granite State Broadcasting. Wherever you are, don't forget to listen on your TuneIn app on all smartphone devices. It's ESPN, New Hampshire. Welcome back. It is the Celtics pregame radio program. I was saying pregame show, but the Celtics aren't mixing it up, so I'm going to mix it up. That's when you know you're old. Call it radio program. What? This isn't radio program. It is. You tune no in on your AM dial. No, nine hundred and twelve fifty. Tune in out. That's no, the way to go. No, 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 no. Tune in out. I'm a millennial though. So. I know you are. You guys are the problem. Is twenty four, twenty five a millennial? Oh yeah, yeah. Anybody? I it was like twenty two, twenty one. No. I, I mean, eighteen. No. I, what the, I think the real number is if you're under thirty five. Really? That really? Yeah. Oh, I don't believe that. Well, that's that's. I'd say thirty. Maybe. There's been a lot of millennial talk this week. That's true. Yeah, right? We're so in the news. We're making headlines, you are, Patrick. Because because unlike you are unlike most of the millennials I know. Because I'm not actually a millennial, but it's because fine. you no, you're willing to work hard for what you want. Yes, that's why I'm sitting here. All right, you bought a house. I did. You have a full time job and a part time job, and you're balancing a relationship. Like that's not easy. Yeah. All right, it's not easy, and a mortgage. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a dog, too? I have two dogs. Not See, not just one dog. One dog is easy. <laughs> Overachieving. But, but you have two. I have, and one piece in the house, so that's a project. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah. It's fun. Uh-huh. All right, so I'm, what I'm saying is, yes, by definition, <laughs> you are a millennial. You are part of the problem. But if you, but, if you knew me. But if, yeah, people that get to know you, you are, you are one of the few that, look, you, don't con- you do contribute to society. Most of them are like sponges, and they sponge off of everybody else. They don't want to work hard. Oh, I've, I've been here for three weeks. Uh, can I get a promotion? I need a raise. I don't want a participation award. I'll give you that. That's good. So no trophy for you because I've got a, in my car. I've got a box of trophies. One's going to Justin. <laughs> one's going to Jimmy. There's two kids over there in the waiting room. They're getting. They're getting. Okay, trophies. great. I'll, I'll help no. hand them out, but I'm not getting one. No trophy for I'll you. Even. Do you want one? No, I'm good. Okay, good. I'm good. I well, got a trophy. Good. We're on the same page. I got a trophy. What? This show? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I get a trophy. <laughs> it is the Celtics pregame show. Look, we're trying. We're trying to entertain you because Celtics aren't. Quite frankly, it's been an embarrassing week for the Celtics, and and uh, I did years, years of this this radio show, uh, be it the weekend edition, Celtic Pride, uh, the pregame edition, the postgame edition, over on fifteen ten on ESPN Boston, on Money Matters Radio Network, uh, here on Yahoo Sports Radio. I mean. For years, I filled in on Yahoo Sports Radio doing national stuff. And Patrick's a player; he gets do, around. No, do you think the people in like Boise, Idaho, because we're on like three hundred stations, <laughs> like cared about at the time, like Kenny Anderson? No, but you made them. I care made about them Kenny. care about Kenny Anderson on Yahoo Sports Radio. So, <laughs> look, 
hired me. What do they expect? Uh, yeah, I love Kenny Anderson. So look, Always of have. course you do. Tell you what, who's a better leader, Kenny Anderson or Isaiah Thomas? Screw it, Kenny Anderson. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, th- this is why Dana, ba- Dana Barrels. Every every good thing, every good thing I just <laughs> said about you. All right, forget about it. Forget about it. you. I, you. I know you know basketball, which is what's so frustrating about this conversation. You don't embrace Isaiah Thomas for one reason, one reason only. You believe he's too short to win an NBA championship. Amen. But that's not the case. It is though. No, it's not. It, it's too short why? to win by himself. Okay, he shouldn't be by himself right now. But he is. But he's not. But he <laughs> is. Okay, so maybe it's up to Danny Ainge to go get this guy some talent, right? Part of the, the appeal for Al Horford to come here wasn't just the $113 million. Atlanta was offering him a max deal, too, and he could have made more there. Atlanta sucks. Okay, he doesn't suck. No, but I said Atlanta sucks. Okay. I like Al Horford. Yeah, you Al know, Horford's you know a good that. I've been begging for him since he was right. like, still in Atlanta. So, so here's the thing. If the Celtics take a step back this year... Danny Ainge has got big problems, and this is where casual fans have a hard time, so I'm going to dumb it down for them real, real simple here. The Celtics will have max money to spend again this offseason. There are some pretty good players that will be available. Whether the Celtics choose to chase those good players is yet to be seen, but if the Celtics want to be able to spend their max dollars and retain Isaiah Thomas, retain Avery Bradley as their big contracts are coming up, they need to sign that max player this offseason. There's no more putting that max money in the bank because if the Celtics sign a max, a max player this offseason, they will still be allowed to go over the cap the next offseason and sign Isaiah Thomas to a long-term deal without paying into luxury tax because at that point, the Celtics will have his bird rights. If the Celtics wait and put that money in the bank and say we'll spend it the following year, you can't do it. You can't do it at that point because once you, you, it's whoever you spend the money on first. So if the Celtics go and they re-sign Isaiah Thomas, no longer are they using the bird right allocation of the funds. It's just coming out of your cap. And now your max dollars to go spend on your max player are gone. Yep. So this puts Danny in a very precarious situation. Yes, he needs this team to win and win now. He doesn't need them to win a championship, but he needs them to have that same appeal that they had to Al Horford this offseason. A young team on the rise, ready to take their next step. That's all. Yep. The expectations aren't that big, but they're big enough where this 3-4 and four start, the three losses in a row, the troubling way in which they are playing, the lack of intensity, the lack of defense, everything that Al Horford bought into the Celtics for isn't here. And that's what's so troubling. Look, the Celtics managed to win two games against a good Atlanta team in the playoffs last year. Jay Crowder was playing on one leg and Al Horford wasn't on this team. It's not that much different from what you have right now. Al Horford is not playing. Jay Crowder is not playing. They should have been able to compete against teams like the Wizards and the Nuggets and instead they got their asses handed to them. They did. Okay? It wasn't close. It wasn't pretty. When I turn off a game in the first quarter, you know things aren't going well. But I, I, did, I couldn't do it. I couldn't sit there and watch them get waxed the way they did. For the second night in a row. Right. The first night I watched, I put up with it because I truly believed that, okay, they got, they got slapped around. Every team needs that once in a while. It happens. They'll, they'll, yeah, they'll get their heads screwed on, straight, screwed on straight. But then it got worse. It seemed to further you know, kick them down that ditch, uh, which isn't a sign of a very mature basketball team. It's not a good sign. And it's certainly not the signs that we were looking for from the Celtics coming off their 48-win season. We can sit here and put blame on injuries or blame on effort. I'm going to put blame where it belongs. 
I'm going to put it right on Brad Stevens. The first half an hour of this program was all a big lead-in to that. Nobody in this town has put any responsibility on Brad Stevens. Start to the fans. It does start with the fans. And look, I get it. He's a good young coach. Uh, the honeymoon's got to be over. There are real expectations for this team. And the fans can put up with the losing. That's what's so maddening here. If you had lost to the Wizards, but they gave maximum effort, an undermanned team. And it was a good game. Nobody would have cared. Nope. Nobody would be calling for Brad Stevens' head. No but one, I no am. One, no one is, except for you. Well, there's some rumblings out there, okay? There are. For the first time, this team has got expectations. and wants ha- He's never won a playoff game, okay? That's not good. Not a playoff series. Never won a playoff game. And for the first time, this team has got expectations, and they are failing out of the gate. Even on opening night, fully healthy, after a 5-2 and two exhibition schedule, one of those losses to these Knicks that they'll face tonight. What happens? They poop in their pants in the, fir- in the fourth quarter against the Nets. The Nets are a half game behind you in the standings right now. We made fun of the Nets the entire offseason. They're right up your, literally, they're up your ass. They're coming. <laughs> All right, the Nets, at no point in the season should the Celtics and the Nets be your neck and neck in the standings. The playoffs sort of start today. The Celtics are out. They're yep. the nine seed. It's not the start the Celtics were looking for. Can they recover? Of course they can. All right, there's 73 games left in the season. Plenty of time to get it right. They probably will. But, but, okay, so they get it right because Crowder comes back and Horford comes back. So does that mean they, they have the talent to win no. like they did against the Nets, but they don't play hard the whole 48 like they did against the Nets? Because I don't like that team either. No, I don't. And that's what I was saying is last year they played 110% all the time. Did they? Well, did they play 110% when they lost to Brooklyn twice? Okay, the, the Lakers majority, once? majority of the time. Just don't say 100% of the time. Fine. But you're a, guy, you're a guy that chooses Kenny Anderson over Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> so what do I expect here? 110% of the time. They have to be trying hard during the games. We know that. And yeah. that, that's where they don't, like I said, they don't have the talent to be that team that can slack off and still win games. And, the, and they showed it last year against Brooklyn and the Lakers. Yep. They didn't do they that. And that show shows up. what ha- They can't just show up. Right. And that's what they're doing right now. So even if they get Crowder back and Horford back, they got to play. And I think Horford and Crowder are the two guys, if you have to get someone back, it's good guys to get back. They, you know, they, they, they try pretty hard. For the well, they try part. pretty hard and, and they, they play key roles on both sides of the floor. Yes. I mean, so- Horford's going to take charge of this team. I hope so. He's going to take charge. I of hope team. so. But but look, when we talk about Al Horford, uh, one of the things that that Celtics fans were sold on was the fact that despite he had the pectoral injury, but that was really the only injury in his career. Mm-hmm. All right, nobody brought up the fact that he had four concussions in eight years with uh, with Atlanta. I did a little bit of research today. This is nothing new. I found it a little a little troubling that here we are a week later, the fourth game that he's missing. Other guys have had concussions. Uh, Julius Randle had a concussion, and Larry, yep. Larry Nance Jr. missed one game in the concussion protocol. One game. It's been like two weeks. It's been four games for Al Horford. Yeah. And he just got cleared to practice, and the only reason I read that the Celtics cleared him to practice, the NBA cleared him to practice, was because Brad Stevens had a scheduled non-contact practice. Makes you wonder if it was a regular sc- scrimmage-type practice. Probably not. Probably not. That means he's probably not playing tomorrow. Uh, and the Celtics, again, they're playing a veteran-laden team on the road, second night, back-to-back, with travel, against a, uh, an Eastern Conference competitor, let's say, in Indiana tomorrow. Yep. This thing could get really ugly really quickly. That's why winning tonight, getting back to 500, is so important. When you're down and out, and you're, you're missing your best players, you have to find a way to squeeze out wins at home. So home court is just so important. And the Celtics have to use that home court to their advantage right now, if only to buy themselves some time until they get their team back 
to the team that was supposed to start this season, the team that was supposed to be successful. But that starts with their head coach. starts with Brad Stevens. Brad hasn't had these guys ready to go to start the game. And yes, he's a great in-game adjustment coach. And whatever he, he tells these guys at halftime, you know, to come out and play hard in the second half and make comebacks, that's great. But why aren't they ready to start the game? Why aren't they excited and pumped up to go out there and show who they are? Why aren't the Celtics second team guys, the guys that are getting their opportunities right now, it's very rare that you see a guy that generally rides the bench not come in and give max effort. They are trying to make a living. They're trying to earn their spot. If not to show the Celtics, then to show 30 other teams that they belong in the league. Jordan Mickey doesn't want to ride the train back to Maine again. I'm sure he doesn't. I'm sure he will. He but, will. But I'm sure he doesn't. Right? But why isn't he out there breaking his ass? Why isn't he the first one to the loose ball? Why isn't he boxing guys out and doing what he does best when he gets opportunities? Why is he playing down to the level of his competition? And why is he allowing the Celtics, teammates of his, to dictate the intensity that he plays at? Because that's not a sign of a healthy locker room. And that's what has me scared about this team. Yeah, and that you, you say it perfectly. The other players are dictating the younger players. The older guys have to step up and lead. Obviously, Brad Stevens is part of that, like you said, and I'm not afraid to, to, to start talking about that by any means. I, I think that he's a problem, but I also think the veteran guys on this team need to realize what they're not doing. They're, they need to lead by example. They need to, they need to bust their butt. They need to come in and, and go after loose balls because, like you said, it's trickling down. It's trickling down to these young guys. Like you said, Jordan Mickey hasn't played well aggressive-wise to go get the ball. I, I, I want him to start. I don't want Tyler Zeller in there. I just think Tyler Zeller's terrible. But I think that it's, it all trickles down from those top guys, and obviously Crowder and Horford aren't in, but it starts without Horford. It starts with Isaiah Thomas. It starts with all these guys, and there's no intensity. There's nothing. And then Jalen Brown hasn't been consistent. And, and you know, uh, Avery Bradley's never going to be that emotional leader. We know who A.B. is. He's been here since 2012. Yeah, but if he plays defensive defense the way he can, that gets people fired up. On get, the ball steals, yeah, on the ball defense, right. fast it's, break point. That's what does, gets his teammates But he's not going to get in his teammates' face and, and say, what's wrong with He's not going to be that guy. He's not going to grab... Jordan Mickey by the jersey oh, of course and not. wake him up. Of course not. And neither but, is Isaiah Thomas. No, but if he gets the steal, if he can play like he usually does, that will wake his teammates up. You've seen it. It's worked. Yeah, it, it has. So it makes you wonder because, look, Avery Bradley was here in 2014 when things didn't go well. Celtics were a bad basketball team. He was here when they won a championship. He, he's been a big part of this basketball team. He got to play with Rondo. He got to play with Rondo. He, you know, he took Ray Allen's starting job. Ray Allen, look, there was a lot made out of Ray Allen leaving because he didn't get a well, along well with Rondo. People forget that Miami series, Ray Allen was not starting. Nope, Avery Bradley did. Avery Bradley was starting. He's been through a lot of ups and downs here. He knows what winning feels like. He knows what losing feels like in Boston. It just shocked me that a guy that had so much riding on this season uh, finally got the national attention that he deserved, makes an all-defensive second team, uh, a favorite for Defensive Player of the Year, on a very good basketball team, has come in, and he's been so up and down, so inconsistent. This is the time in his career, 26, 27 years old, where it usually clicks, and you can be consistent game in and game out. He just hasn't been. Nope. He's inconsistent quarter to quarter. Nobody is better at starting a game offensively than Avery Bradley. But this is where I think your theory comes into play. And it's a good theory. It's one I haven't heard anywhere else. Is that The reason why he can start a game so well offensively is because his legs are fresh. But he's got to burn so much energy defensively that his jump shot suffers. And he's, he's always going to be a jump shooter first. He, yes, he's improved his ability to get to the basket. Off the screen's his best shot. But that's it, right? That's his game. And if you don't have your legs, that's going to front rim 9 out of 10 times. And with the Celtics needing Avery Bradley so desperately to contribute offensively, do more than contribute. 
When the Celtics have won, Avery Bradley's given you 25 or more points. When the Celtics have won, Avery Bradley has been one of their best players. When they've lost, you haven't noticed his numbers in the box score. It is the Celtics pregame show. Celtics and the New York Knicks coming up shortly right here on ESPN. Until then, your phone call, 603-883-9900. It's Patrick Gilroy. It's Jared Scaly. It's your phone calls, and they're all next right here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. The Sports Blast. Let's say the season ended today and they go to Toronto for one game playing in the wild card game. Who is your starting pitcher? David Price. Given how bad he's been this season, Dave, given how bad he's been in the playoffs in his entire career, you still go to Price? Yes. Why? Because he's the guy. Who has the best stuff in this starting rotation? Price. Thank you. That's all I need to know. One game, one day, who has the best stuff in your rotation? If it's David Price, that's your pitcher. Every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. The good news is that if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, order from the Fast Break Lunch menu, and don't get your food within 15 minutes, your lunch is free. The bad news is we don't plan on taking longer than 15 minutes. Free lunches? Are you crazy? What kind of business model is that? Lunch fast or it's free. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. For limited time only at participating locations. Valid for tables of six or less. Other restrictions apply. See a participating location for details. Hey, Chelsea, guess what? I found out my friend at school is going to be moving into a new house. Oh, really? That's cool. Where is she moving to? They don't know yet. They're still looking. Do you think they'll ever be able to find a house? Oh, sure. Especially if they go to see Daddy at Pinnacle Mortgage. Right, Isabel? That's right, Chelsea. They'll get low rates, great service, and many options to choose from. You see, Pinnacle Mortgage offers FHA, VA, USDA, conventional, and New Hampshire Housing first-time buyers programs. Right, Owen? That's right. So, Maddie, you should tell your friend's parents to go see Dad and the staff at Pinnacle Mortgage. Pinnacle Mortgage. Call 603-518-7900. Pinnacle Mortgage. 65 Market Street, Manchester. And online at PinnacleMTGCorp.com. Pinnacle Mortgage. NMLS. Number 132-3739. Licensed by the New Hampshire Banking Department. Connecticut Mortgage Broker License Number MB 132-3739. Main Loan Broker License Number 132-3739. Kurt Stranson. NMLS Number 22202. Equal Housing Opportunity. PinnacleMTGCorp.com. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Every Saturday morning from 4 to 6. Here's my thoughts to WBC, who likes to parade around and act like they are the sport of boxing. They like to to promote their belt as the belt to have. And for the most part, a lot of fighters follow that thought process. I think Canelo Alvarez would be in a position to really put some egg on the face of the WBC. On the home for boxing fans, ESPN. New Hampshire. Imagine this. Your 14-year-old daughter and her best friends are maybe getting ready to go out. They're maybe upstairs in her bedroom with music playing. They're laughing, maybe trying on clothes, putting on too much makeup, and maybe taking sips of vodka straight out of the bottle, which they might tuck into someone's purse to take to a party. Imagine your kid doing that. It may be hard to imagine, but it is happening. New Hampshire has a big alcohol abuse problem. In fact, New Hampshire ranks second in the nation for binge drinking among 12 to 20-year-olds. Second, you can check the stats at checkthestatsnh.org. As parents, we want to protect our kids, but we have to start now before it's too late. Learn how you can make a difference in your child's life at checkthestatsnh.org. And help the partnership for a drug-free New Hampshire. Start the conversation today. For the 
best high school football coverage in the Granite State. Don't miss Friday Night Lights every Friday right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Third and final segment. How does that happen so fast, Jared? You, we just love it. You know, just we just keep it. going. We get fired up. Celtics may lose. We just bring up Kenny Anderson and gets you going. In horrible so. fashion. You want to talk? I don't know. We were talking about Celtics losing in horrible fashion, so I'm allowed to bring Kenny up Kenny Anderson. Anderson. Can we talk about Kenny Anderson? Dana Barros? Dana Barros. When the Celtics signed Dana Barros, he was coming off his lone all-star season uh, from the Sixers. And he was a hometown guy. They drastically overpaid him. But my favorite Dana Barros game had nothing to do with his best years here because he did have a couple good years. Yeah. It was like four years after he retired. It was a Jim O'Brien-led team, and he Ugh. was an assistant on the bench. Celtics were down like four guys with injuries, so he suited up. They <laughs> signed him true. a 10-day contract. He played one. So if you look at like his stats on basketballreference.com. Oh, you're so right. He, there's one, he's four seasons off, then there's one rogue game where he comes in. He's like 40 <laughs> years old. He's fat. You don't know who John Bagley is, but he looked just like John Bagley. He was a pudgy little point guard that played for the Celtics when Larry Bird was there. and Just like, <laughs> like fat legs, fat pot belly, and that's what he looked like. Yeah. But that was my favorite game that he ever I mean, We wanted some Rick Fox talk. Let's oh, do Rick, it. Rick Fox. Let's do man. it. I'll give you a quick Rick Fox story. Rick Fox was so heartbroken when Rick Pitino cut him. When he went to the Lakers, he wasn't over the cut. So he couldn't keep his number 44. It was already taken in L.A. He chose 17 because he always wanted to help win the Celtics their 17th championship. And he wore that number when he helped the Lakers win three championships. <laughs> so he got over that real quick. Clearly. <laughs> it's the Celtics pregame show. It's Patrick Gilroy. It's Jared Scaly. The number to join us here is 603-883-9900. 603-883-9900. This, unfortunately, is what happens. When you have a week like the Celtics have had, and when you want to take a, a larger look at the problem, it goes beyond a week. It, it's it sort of surfaced its ugly head in each and every game the, through the first seven games of the Celtics season, be it opening night, Celtics blow a big lead, uh, all the way down to this Wednesday when the Celtics never even competed down in D.C. against a, a lowly Wizards team that came into that game at 1-5. and five. So whether it's reared its head for a quarter, for six minutes, for three minutes, or for a full 48 minutes, this lack of energy, lack of effort, lack of focus, lack of ability to rebound, which, by the way, defensive rebounds are 30% skill, 70% hustle, and that's, that's such a problem when you're not hustling. <laughs> yes. like We've said it on this show time and time again. I don't expect the Celtics to be even on the boards. I don't expect them to be an above-average rebounding team or even average. Give me slightly below average with a lot of effort and a lot of heart, and I'll take that. They don't have the talent. They don't have the guy that's going to go out there and rip away rebounds. Even Jared Selinger, when he was healthy and right, and, and this is so rare, but Jared Selinger, a fat guy, would come into seasons and be right for the first two months, and he would put on weight as the season went along and become less effective as the season goes along. Usually guys lose weight because they're practicing so much, playing so much. He was down in the Twinkies so much that by the time April rolled around, he could barely move. Best friends with Pablo Sandoval. Exactly. But for the first two months of the season last year, he was playing like a man possessed, and he carved out space and was able to get defensive rebounds. He's got the booty. He so. does. And Celtics don't have a guy with the booty. Even, no. Jordan, even Jordan we, Mickey. We gave away the booty. We gave away the booty. It's, it's tragic. But they did. And it's it, look, this is what happens when you make changes on a team. And the Celtics have needs right now, and I'm not sure they've got the players on the roster at least healthy bodies on the roster, to fulfill those needs. So the way that you make up for your lack of talent... Call Sacramento. Well, you could do that. And it's starting to happen, isn't it? It's starting to happen. 
It happens every year. They sing Kumbaya out there. They win some big games, and it all goes downhill real quick. <laughs> Always does. Real quick. One of these years, they're going to go over the line. So, okay. So here's the question. Brad Stevens couldn't handle Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo's gone. Brad Stevens can't handle winning playoff basketball games. They've yet to win one. And so far this season, Brad Stevens cannot handle real expectations entering an NBA season. What makes you think he can handle Boogie Cousins? Oh, I don't know. I, I just think at this point it's worth a shot. Who else would you bring? I, I think he's, he's the best fit for what you need strictly basketball-wise, right? Out of everything that's out there, I would say he's one, if not top two, of the guys that you need to fit the hole that you actually have on this team. What The one hesitation I have, and you're exactly right, forget the fact that he's a loose cannon. Forget the fact that you're not— Nope, screw it. Forget that, though. You're going to have a one-two punch of Boogie Cousins and Isaiah Thomas. It's been done before. It didn't work. Like, Sacramento was not a good basketball team <laughs> when they had those two. They weren't, they weren't even remotely good. They didn't. But, was I t- but one caveat to that, was Isaiah Thomas this version of himself then? Uh, no. No. But he was still pretty damn good. And that was me giving him a compliment right there. Just so I know. You're, you'd be happy if they shipped him out tomorrow. I know Send you him back to Sacramento, whatever. Look, you can't, maybe he'll get you, Boogie Cousins. You can't possibly think that what you've seen from Marcus Smart is enough to justify him being a starting point guard on a team that should win 50 games. It, it's not there yet. No, Terry Rozier can start, Hill. Terry Rozier has been incredibly inconsistent and massively disappointing to start so, the season. Very true. All right? He had expectations because he showed some flashes in the playoffs last year. He had a great summer league and a great exhibition season. The lights get bright, and he, he shriveled up so far. He's been wildly inconsistent. He hasn't looked confident out there. And, and I think that's the other thing that we've run into here. We counted on guys because of what we saw for a brief period of time in the playoffs last year and what we saw through the exhibition season, Summer League. But when you think about it, Terry Rozier has never done anything for an extended period of time on an NBA court. No. Never. So why did we all say, Terry Rozier is going to replace Evan Turner. He'll give you those minutes. He won't hurt you. He can do a lot of the same things. He can get to the hole. He's a good shooter. He's a stretch player. He can play one. He can play two. He can slide him to three when you have small ball. So what? Where is it? Where's Terry Rozier? Why? In, in Maine. Are the lights too bright for him? Probably. Okay. Well, this is becoming a problem, right? Because the lights appear to be too bright. Uh, there's no lights on inside James Younghead. I mean, I mean, the Celtics need I'm a so swing. mad about that decision, too. The Celtics need a swing player. They need a three. They need somebody to put the ball in the basket. And imagine James Young. His third year here, and they're giving the 20-year-old rookie playing time over him. He can't get off the bench. They're down by 30, and they put him in. Why is he taking up a roster spot? Should have kept RJ Hunter. I, I agree. I, we've talked about that. At Big RJ guy. Big RJ guy. Well, at least at least RJ had a ceiling, a, a higher ceiling than than James Young. And, and I understand if they if the Celtics thought that James Young was mature enough, old enough, and had proven enough to contribute this year for seven or eight minutes a night and give guys like Crowder a breather without keep, hurting and keep, them and keep learning and sure. Then then I get it. But apparently that's not the case either because Crowder's out with an injury and James Young is not sniffing regular playing time. Well, that's what we all would have assumed, right? Like, if you took James Young over R.J. Hunter, you must have seen something that we didn't. You must have seen something that he understood what he was doing finally. You know, he's been here for a while. He understands the system. Brad Stevens must like him. Something. But there's nothing. Like you say, he's on the bench. He and play. Gerald Green, wildly disappointing. I, Gerald, I, I, I know you don't like the player, but yeah. he's a player that he is a 10-year NBA vet. He's a guy that's proven he can score and score in a big way in the NBA. But he's had to get too many minutes. Yeah, it's just not it's just not going well for him. Nope. And he's not a guy that I think can come in and 
be your instant offense like the Celtics wanted him to be. That was the role that they envisioned. Yeah. I think for him to succeed, he needs to get consistently 35 minutes a night, know that he's going to get the ball, and regardless of shot selection, regardless of makes or misses, he's going to be able to continue to shoot. That's, just, that's not the role here. The Celtics need – I'll give you a guy that they're never going to get, but they need a guy like a Jamal Crawford. Somebody who can come in, put the ball in the basket. If the Celtics are struggling to score, go back to the bench, come in, put the ball in the basket. And can, can shoot cold, and you, know it. and you know it's going in. He's not afraid to shoot. And you know what? The Wizards have one of those guys. Former Celtic, Marcus Thornton. All right? Loved he, him. Love him as a player. But he's a terrible defensive player. I don't care about that. Well, the Celtics need some defense, right? I mean, No, but, like he, but, but Marcus he, Thornton was fun to watch, though. He was. Yeah. And he can come in cold, like you said. Provide, Pop some threes. That's no, it. No. And go back to the bench. Yep. And then Noah's come back role. in like the second half. There's a guy in the D-League looking for a job right now that can do that. His name is Jordan Crawford, former Celtic. All right, he's looking for a job. So there are guys out there. The question is, how far does Danny Ainge take this? Uh, you know, l- Let's assume the worst-case scenario, and Horford is out until next Wednesday, and Crowder's out for another week or two. Two. Okay. So right now they're three and four. Let's say they continue to struggle. They they lose seven out of ten games, and the Celtics go into you know December first at seven and fourteen. Or you know what I mean? Let's say it keeps getting worse, and five hundred number keeps getting harder and harder to climb back up to. Mm-hmm. At what point does this team make wholesale changes? Because as we started the show talking about, Danny Ainge needs this team to at least match the success, the hype, and the optimism of last year if he wants to spend his money in the offseason the way that he needs to spend it because it has to be staggered and tiered exactly right for the Celtics to retain their own players and add a max-level player. If he doesn't time this thing out right and doesn't spend the money in the right fashion, in the right order, the right way, he's going to get half the amount of players on his team for more money, and it's going to cost the Celtics a luxury tax that Wick Grosbeck, I'm not sure, is ready to pay for this team. So what do they do? Do they make wholesale changes? Do they start trading guys? What do they do? I'm fearing that they are riding this out through the draft. And, like, look, we've, we've heard it before, and it's true. Danny Ainge can't make trades around the league if he doesn't have a partner, right? It's just the way the trades work. I don't know how many people around the league are going to be willing to trade with him. Like, we've heard that, too. It's, he, he fleeces too many people. No one wants to deal him. No one trusts him. No one trusts him since that Brooklyn deal, right? Brooklyn made him, obviously, a star around here, but around the league, everyone put him, put him on edge now. They're all on edge around Danny He's a villain. Ainge. He's a villain now. No yeah. one wants to deal with him. So how hard is it? Is Danny Ainge going to be able to do what he wants? That's the real question. Can he actually pull a deal off to help this team this year that's really going to only, only benefit him and not lose too much? That's where we have concerns. My biggest concern is they might be playing out the draft. They might be making pick next year, pick in 2018. And what I'm worried about is that the Brooklyn pick isn't going to be nearly as high as we all hoped it would be. No, it probably won't be. Bro- mean, honestly, Brooklyn's not – I mean, they're not bad. They're not good. They're not going to be a playoff team. But they're not going to be – they might not be bottom. Marcus Smart was picked at six. That, that pick had no value. Jalen Brown was picked at three. No value. That pick had no value. For the Celtics to get that transformative player one. through a trade, it's got to be one. Without it being one, it might as well be 33. Next, it doesn't matter. And next year, it might be top two. Okay, just, just so five. what? But still, I know what you mean. It's gotta, I'm just saying. Brooklyn needs to be a lot worse than they are, and the Celtics need to be a lot better than they are. We hope that starts tonight with some hustle, some intensity, some pride out there on the floor. This is, this is not okay. I hope that Brad Stevens has drilled that into his team. Again, it's okay to lose. It's just not okay to lose in the fashion that this team has been losing. It's been fun here, guys. And the good news is you get to hear me again post-game right here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio as well as CLNS Radio, clnsradio.com. Check out my Facebook, my Twitter, at Gilroy on ESPN. I'll give you the link to get over there. For Jared Scaly, I'm Patrick Gilroy. We'll see you guys in about three hours 